Hello everyone, I'm Jonathan Little of PokerCoaching.com, and I'm here today with episode 228 of Weekly Poker Hand. It's a big number, is that right? It is right. 228, wow. Today we have another hand from Stone's Gambling Hall. We're playing the final table of a $300 buy-in tournament. And at the moment, here are the chip stacks. If you're not watching this, um, you certainly can over at YouTube or on JonathanLittlePoker.com. At the moment, there are stacks all over the place. We have Brian with 132 big blinds, all the way down to Jmar with 15 big blinds. But the relevant stacks in this hand are going to be Iceman with 16 big blinds. He's going to be in the small blind. And then Dirty Donna in the big blind. She's going to have 58 big blinds. So we're playing 16 big blind poker effective. So let's get to it. Chris folds some garbage under the gun. And then I believe we see Ace Four suited fold at some point. Yeah, so G Dog with a 40 big blind stack open folds Ace Four suited from, I believe, the low jack seat. And that's a little bit snug. I typically raise in this spot. But when there are multiple 20 big blind stacks or 15 big blind stacks, as is the case right now, um, G Dog has three stacks shorter than him. It's probably fine to fold. There's nothing wrong with being super tight, but if you are opening relatively snugly, some decent bluff hands are the low-suited aces, so definitely consider putting those in your range. Then we see King-10 offsuit fold. So two relatively big hands that could have opened decide to fold, but, you know, sometimes tight play is rewarded. Then it folds around to Iceman. Remember, he started this hand with a 16 big blind stack, and he limps from the small blind with jack three offsuit. Now, jack three offsuit's bad, but in this scenario, he has to put in 4,000 to try to win a 30,000 chip pot thanks to the blinds and the antis. So, will he realize roughly 28% equity in this scenario? And it's close. Given Dirty Donna has a decently large stack, I think you're going to get raised a decent amount of the time. So that's a reason not to limp. Also, if you do make a you know, made hand with jack three offsuit on the flop, often it's going to be middle or bottom pair, and you don't really want to be in the pot with middle or bottom pair. So I think in this scenario, Iceman should just fold. I do understand the fact that he is one of the shallow stacks, and a lot of people think when they are a shallow stack that they should try to make something happen because they're likely to be the next one out, but jack three offsuit's pretty bad. Now Dirty Donna has... 10-2 offsuit in the big blind, and she is going to decide to check. But I actually think raising is very reasonable. 10-2 offsuit is awful. <laughs> it's really, really bad. And we've seen Iceman play somewhat aggressively after the flop, so that's often going to result in Iceman winning a lot of these hands where both players flop nothing. Whereas I think if Dirty Donna was to raise to something like 28,000 here, Iceman's going to fold a large chunk of the time, and if you get jammed on, that's fine because you have 10-2 offsuit. So... I'm not going to say you have to raise 10-2 offsuit every time, but it's at least a consideration. Checking's fine, too, though. Uh, I don't think you should jam pretty much ever. The times you could consider jamming are when you know that Iceman will always raise his best hands. If Iceman is a good player, he's going to limp with pretty much his whole range in this scenario, or at least a large chunk of his range. So... If that's the case, you can't attack it too aggressively. But if he's going to be raising his best hands and limping his garbage hands, raising becomes even better because you know his limping range is capped, right? He just doesn't have the best 10 or 15 or 20% of hands 
and that makes him way more susceptible to aggression. Anyway, Donna decides to check, and he certainly can't check someone for fault. Uh, for you can't fault someone for checking the 10-2 offsuit. So now, remember, Iceman now has a hundred five thousand remaining in his stack. Pot is thirty. Okay, it's very important. Flop comes king six two. This is a board that is either going to hit your opponent decently hard when they make any pair, or they're gonna have nothing. Often you'll find that Dirty Donna does not have ace x as well because a lot of people raise aces. That means Dirty Donna either has on king six two with two clubs. She either has a pair which is never folding, a flush draw which is never folding, or nothing. Often which will be um, jack high. Or occasionally will be jack high, but the nothing is never going to call any bet here. So Iceman bets twenty thousand, two thirds pot. And I think a lot of people think, okay, I need to bet two thirds pot to make my opponent fold. But if you think about the range Dirty Donna likely has here, it's going to be queen high or worse, or something that's just not folding. So for that reason, when Iceman decides to bet, he needs to bet minimum ten thousand or eight thousand, whatever the minimum is. We're very close to the minimum. Looks like small blinds actually. Uh, or big blinds 10,000 now, so he has um, 10 big blinds left. He likes to bet two of them. You can definitely bet one. If you bet 10 into 30 here, when Dirty Donna has nothing, she's just going to fold. And, she, you know, really, she probably should unless she has some sort of random queen high or backdoor flush draw. It's, it, but you'll, you will find that it's hard to defend often enough in this scenario when Iceman bets. Interestingly enough, Iceman has jack high, and if you go back to that range I just gave you for Dirty Donna... You beat, you're beating everything besides the pairs, which we know are not folding, and queen high. So when you're betting, you're only trying to get exactly queen high to fold, and that's just not going to happen. So if Iceman bets, he needs to be betting 10,000. And I think 10,000 would be very reasonable here. If you want to make it more because you think your opponent's never going to fold for 10, you can make it 13, but 20 is completely unnecessary. So now back around to Donna, what should she do with her bottom pair? Remember, she has 10-2 on king 6-2. I think it's close. This is one of these spots where I think you need to jam because essentially your hand is a marginal made hand that really wants protection on king 6-2. You have to assume Iceman is going to raise a decent amount of his kings as well. So if he's raising a decent amount of his kings, when he's betting here, it means he either has a 6, which is not going to fold, but you're probably going to double up a 6 anyway, or he has random overcards to your bottom pair. If he has random overcards to your bottom pair, and pretty much any card comes on the turn that's not a king six or two, that's quite bad for you, right? Like, notice here, Iceman, with his jack three offsuit, he does have a backdoor flush draw. Um, here he has 30% equity, and this is just a really bad hand, right? He has just two really bad backdoor draws with a backdoor flush draw and backdoor straight draw. Um, I guess, to be fair, this is one of the better hands he could have because at least he has some equity. Uh, in this scenario, though, I think I like the shove from Donna because her hand is going to play so poorly on the turn in the river. Like imagine the turn's an eight of clubs and Iceman goes all in. Well, Donna's probably going to fold the bottom pair then and she's folding out the best hand, right? Imagine the turn is an ace or a queen. Maybe the opponent decides to bluff then. Imagine it's just like an eight or something and the opponent jams. Well, now maybe you make bad calls. It's, it's really, really tough to know how to play. So by shoving, you're essentially saying I'm willing to protect my equity in exchange for losing every time my opponent has a king or a six or is trapping. But even then, if the opponent is trapping, notice that you have five outs to improve, right? And five outs is a real number. I mean, people float the flop all the time with gut shots. Some people raise with gut shots. So I, I think Donna needs to jam all in. 
And after a bit of thought, she does jam. Very, very good. So I think Donna played this hand well. She certainly could have raised preflop, but I think Iceman really butchered this spot. A lot of people think that short stacked play is just all luck or there is no skill to be had or no edge to be had here. But this hand is a good example of that. I'm not trying to hate on Iceman. You know, don't, don't get me wrong. I am trying to present these situations to show you how to improve at poker. And, you know, if I ever review a hand with you in it and I think I, and I don't like your play, you know, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about or maybe you can use it as a learning experience. A lot of people get offended whenever you critique their play, but don't, please do not get offended. I'm not trying to offend anyone. I'm trying to help everyone out there who actually wants to learn. Anyway, Iceman should have folded preflop. If he just folds preflop, he loses nothing more. Once he limps, he should have bet smaller, right? He should have bet 12 or 13,000 and then folded to the shove, but there he would have saved 7,000 chips. You may think, oh, 7,000 chips is nothing. But at this stage of the tournament, I don't know what the exact chip stacks are worth, but it could easily be worth something like 20 or $30. And you may say, well, 20 or $30, that doesn't matter when you're playing for $10,000 for first place or whatever it is. But it does matter. These little edges right here add up over time. And especially if you're playing a tournament with all sorts of people, like say you're playing a thousand or 2000 person tournament at the final table, these little mistakes here and there that seem innocuous may end up costing you thousands and thousands of dollars in equity just because you're playing for so many starting stacks, right? So here, Iceman should have lost nothing. Instead, he ended up losing 25,000 additional chips. And if you do that on a regular basis, every time they fold you in the small blind, that is going to cost you a huge amount in the long run. So you have to be disciplined. And I know it's no fun to fold from the small blind when they fold to you. It's no fun to give walks. And Iceman is clearly a loose, splashy player. So, you know, I'm not shocked that he played this hand. But there was a pretty big mistake here. So that's going to be it for this episode of Weekly Poker Hand. Thanks again for being here. If you have any questions, feel free to ask me on Twitter at Jonathan Little, or you can sign up for my email list. You can just go to JonathanLittlePoker.com. There's a sign-up form right in the middle, and I'll send you all sorts of updates. Good luck in your games, and I'll talk to you next week.